Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 175, a talk given by Father Robert Kennedy, SJ, entitled Unknowing. Someone just asked me, am I really a Jesuit? In some places, Jesuits have a bad reputation. We're not so bad. But we do have a special spirit. The Jesuits were founded uh, not to reform the church, but to serve the world. And I find that enormously freeing, you know, to be free from ecclesiastical politics as far as possible and just serve the world. That includes the church, of course, too. When I was sent off to Japan as a young man, one of the rectors of the community said to me, don't come back singing the same song. Learn something new. Enrich us, you know. Don't, don't repeat what we already know. Don't repeat what we told you. <laughs> Learn something new. And that's a wonderful spirit, you know, of adventure out. And then come back and uh, be helpful. We have marveled in America at the discipline of the Japanese people, who are not all Buddhist, of course. But when this disaster struck, they kept their poise. There was absolutely no looting, no rioting, uh, no rudeness toward others online for food or clothes or shelter, water. It's been a big, a big teaching moment for Americans, you know, for us, when the lights go out, the looting starts. You know, it's, um, so we have much to learn. And uh, the Japanese, I hear, is a, for many things, is a good model. Now, the second uh, point that I wanted to speak today about the enlightened mind of Jesus shows up in uh, unknowing that Jesus was a human being. He was a Jewish man in a certain time and place in history. The church has often forgotten that and gone off uh, to see Jesus simply as divine and his humanity was sort of a disguise. He was not really human like us. And uh, the church fought this for centuries and it is still touch and go. The great theologian Karl Rahner said that practically, practically in our prayers, and in our liturgy, Catholics are monophysites. That we just address Jesus as divine without any regard for his humanity and therefore his limitedness. There are things he did not know as a human being. He was completely human. Human without mixture or confusion with divinity, human. He had his uh, fears, his temptations, his anxieties. Lost his temper now and then. In the eighth chapter of St. Matthew, 
Jesus says to those who would follow him, you know, foxes have their dens, but I have no place to lay my head. I don't know where I'm going to be tonight. It was a life open to the randomness and the chaos of the world. It's unthinkable for Jesus to be possessive or acquisitive. He was able to live not knowing, not clinging to anything. I think of this especially in uh, the 14th chapter of St. John, the 26th verse, when Jesus promises that the advocate will come. If I do not go, well, first of all, it's good for you that I go. If I don't go, I guess you'll make me uh, an icon or you'll defer to me and so on. I want to hear me in your voice in the circumstances of your life. Therefore, the advocate will come when I go. Meaning you will have to be yourselves and stand on your own feet. What the advocate teaches will not be against what Jesus taught, but it will be different because there are different circumstances in life. There are many things Jesus could not have imagined, did not, did not talk about. But his spirit, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus, will be with us in the changing circumstances of our life when we don't know what is best. We don't know where to go. And we have to puzzle it and work it out for ourselves. We have to let go of being sure of what is the best way. And therefore, we have to let go of trying to force other people into a path that we think is right for them. There's a time for that in childhood, but we cannot carry it into adulthood. It is a terrible thing to intrude on another person's life. It's an, a terrible thing to push a person off the natural path of their life. Therefore, anyone who does spiritual direction, well, it's hard to know exactly what that term means, but certainly from the Zen point of view, we don't know the other person. Our knowing begins there, and respect is absolute. And we don't know ourselves, therefore we cannot be locked into a specific way of doing things. The prayers we said yesterday are not good enough. The prayer we said a minute ago is not good enough. God is a walking God. The Zen spirit is very close to this. One teacher said to a student, no, no. And the student said, well, yesterday you said, yes, yes. And the teacher said, yesterday it was yes, yes. Today it's no, no. You missed it. You missed it. There's a wonderful story of a Zen teacher, Unmoan, for those of you who remember the koan. A student came to him and quoted from an ancient text, and he quoted perfectly. And the teacher said to him, you're quoting somebody, aren't you? And the student said, yes, I am. And the teacher said, you missed it. You missed it. What did he miss? He missed the moment, the 
that moment when revelation might come, you know. He wasn't awake to the present moment, he was repeating the past. Because he did not want to be a position of not knowing, he wanted to come to his teacher with an answer. And in Zen you never come to a teacher with an answer. An answer is a dead thing, it belongs to yesterday. You come with a question, with an openness, with a possibility. I love your Welsh poet that most of you know so well, R.S. Thomas. Father, I said, domesticating an enigma. <laughs> domesticating an enigma. And as though to humor me, you came. But there are precipices within you. Not just father. God will break your heart. He'll take away that which you feel you cannot live without. An untimely frost will take the fairest flower of the field. That's the sign of Jonah. Death and resurrection now. Take it or leave it. No explanations. The novelist Iris Murdoch says, don't be so tragic. Pull up your socks. Your heart is broken. Scripture says, I think it's one of the Psalms, if you can't run with the men, how will you run with the horses? That's the answer to our complaint that life is too hard. You think today is bad? Wait till you see tomorrow. Interesting. Interesting. To live without knowing, we all want our certitudes, and we want to teach our certitudes, and it's hard to back off a bit. The American poet John Ashbery says in the same spirit, Although it is getting late, time is ample, but no more trivia, please. Just music in all the spheres. Let's have the music. Dancing is a good way of expressing our joy in life, dancing. I mention this because I have very few experiences in life where I can dance. Usually it's at a wedding and I make a fool out of myself, you know. And I mention this, you know, a couple of times I guess. So two guys who sit with us bought me a ticket to a dancing school for four free lessons, you know. So I went in and there was a young woman that was going to be my teacher for these four sessions. And she asked me, what can I do for you? And I said, disinter me. <laughs> she said, 
I'm only a dance teacher. <laughs> purpose of revelation of scripture is to disinter us. The purpose of the Torah is to make us more fully alive. The glory of God is men and women fully alive, dancing, dancing in one way or another. One of the uh, problems with this uh, unknowing is tenure. You teach in the same place long enough, you have tenure, and then you're unmovable. Absolutely unmovable, I mean. For some years are very bad for us Jesuits when all our men would die in tenured positions. <laughs> this, is, this is absurd. Let us look at what, how Amy paints these things. Now you can dance the truth, and you can paint the truth. And this Chinese woman who sits with us, some of you know, you've met her, paints the truth. Accept what the moment brings to you. The simplicity of this is, is so beautiful. Accept the moment. You don't know where it's going to lead. You can't imagine the Jews could not imagine where the exodus was leading them. Just accept the moment as fully as possible and, uh, and live it that way. Try the other one, please. Uh, skip this one somehow. No, oh, no, please back up when uh, Nicholas. Uh, yeah, no, back up when. Uh, that's it, not always. The Chinese characters are interesting. The first is a great uh, negative, you know, absolutely nothing, like the nada of John of the Cross, nothing. And the second character means always. So, not always, we translate as impermanent. <laughs> which goes with not knowing that life is constantly in flux. Not always, and the waterfall is the symbol of that. That's when Jesus says, look, and listen, look at the world. It tells you a lot about God and see that no moment is ever static. Everything is constant changing. Some things are burning more quickly than others, but everything is moving and changing. It's hard for us to live that way as human beings. We require our nest, our security, our place, and, and so on. But something, perhaps we have some area where we can have more freedom than we have now. And that would be a revelation for us. All right, let's go back to the other one then. Uh, no, back, <laughs> I'm sorry, back, but that's, and back again, if you could, please. Okay, we've done it then. We've, I just want to show two of them. 
so that um, <clears throat> just as a, something to focus on. Again, this is not linear. Just look at a picture if it helps. Listen to a teaching and see if it helps. Now, you have all these narratives, all these stories in scripture. They are beautiful stories. Exodus is one. Jesus never mentioned Exodus, by the way. But it is a beautiful story. The scholars are not sure it ever really happened. They're pretty sure it didn't as it is written. As one scholar said, if the Israelites marched up and down the Sinai for 40 years, they would have left evidence at least as much as a pot. The chances are it is a story. A few Jews possibly came out of Egypt and turned it into an epic. It is a story and it can be inspiring. It is inspiring. But what happens when the stories stop? <clears throat> what happens when you reach that point where you see these are stories? What happens then? It can be heartbreaking. Because sometimes we build our whole life on stories. We have made great sacrifices following the example of stories. And then we find out it's just a story, a good story. The basic example of this, of course, is St. Teresa of Lijoux. She's the young Carmelite nun who had this beautifully evolved spirituality, the spousal spirituality between herself and Jesus. She poured her whole life into it, her whole loving character and disposition into it. And then one day, after she discovered she was going to die, that she had tuberculosis, it was incurable, it was going to be death for her, suddenly she had a tremendous insight about her life and the stories she lived by. He said, you've been dreaming. You've been dreaming. And a whole cliff rose up in front of her where God and blotted out, heaven was blotted out, everything was blotted out, you know. She only had what was right in front of her. Talk about heartbreak. I had one Trappist monk say to me, I don't want to hear anything new. It cost me so much to live this life, I don't want to hear anything else. Go away. And I said, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. This young woman stood her ground and lived it. She fell back on her own character, her own gift, which she felt was love, and continued to love, even though all meaning was obliterated. She was really thrust into unknowing. But she lived the present moment, accepted what was there in the limited circumstances of her life and poured herself into it as completely as she could. And that's the reason she's called a saint, not because of her pious thoughts. What happens when the stories stop? 
This is a question that Zen asks us. Don't build your life on stories. Come out of the story world into your life and live it moment by moment. It might be as dry as dust. That's it. Dry as dust is better than a sweet dream. That's what the Jewish commentator on Exodus was saying. The narratives, or she was using the narratives, stop. They're helpful. They're helpful for a child, perhaps. But as an adult, you cannot lean on what supported you in childhood. Wonderful though it was when you were a child. But now, you can't repeat the stories of a past liberation. What do you do? See what's in front of you. Hear what is in front of you. Iris Murdoch said in another novel, and she was great, I think, she said, uh, paying attention is just growing up. She said there's nothing special about this. And that's what the Buddhists say too. Your teaching is just like tea and rice. Isn't there anything special about it? No, tea and rice is fine. Or bread and wine is fine. I think this is an example, this teaching of Jesus. But our prayers yesterday are not good enough and so on. Show his wisdom and his enlightenment. Reality is not always. Well, we have a meditation now. Is it possible to open windows? Without that, we fall asleep. When people are finding their cushions in the zendo, the zen meditation hall, before we start to meditate, there's always a scramble. Some people like to be near the open doors, some people don't. There's always a rustling as people find their own place, you know, their own, what they need. So once again, let us come into the present moment. Move away from the back of the chair if you can. If you sit in the first third of the chair, you have to sit up straight just for a few minutes now. We're not going to leave you here all day. Just a few minutes. Get the small of your back in, you know, and sit up tall. Put your chin in just a bit. And relax, your back is straight, but everything else should be soft and gentle, like your breath. Drop your shoulders. Sometimes turning your palms up relaxes the shoulders. I don't know why that is, but it, it, 
some people find it helpful. Only tea and rice? Is there nothing else? These are the questions of a child. When the mind is still and quiet, it's able to take another step. That's what they mean by liberation. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey to maximise your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life is filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.